You're listening to the Tuesday Talks podcast, your source of truth in communications, identity management, and technology. This week's episode joins Numerical's Chief Product Officer, Anise Jaffer, and Ed Olepa, Senior Call Center Business Analyst, as they address misconceptions, discuss effective strategies, and explore the impact of branded calling on contact rates with insights from Rocket Central. From revealing the realities of spam labeling to providing practical tips on reputation management, this episode offers a comprehensive take on optimizing call branding efforts. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a live discussion series where we bring truth and shed light across the brand identity and communication industry. I'm Anis Jaffer, Chief Product Officer at Numerical. And today I'm joined by Ed Olapa, Senior Call Center Business Analyst at Rocket Central. Ed is known for his endless drive for innovation and results and has advocated for more customer-centric contact centers. Ed excels in strategic development while ensuring growth of businesses and individuals within his teams. Welcome to the podcast, Ed. Thank you. It's it's good to be amongst uh, a bunch of of, uh, professionals who have uh, been fighting the good fight for uh, reputation uh, protection and uh, branded calling and all that fun that goes with it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you, uh, especially on branded calling. I know you've been a, a big proponent and uh, and user of the solution. Uh, but before we get started on uh, the do's and don'ts of branded calling, uh, let's briefly talk about how we got here and what branded calling solution offers are available today. Uh, it all started with the explosion of robocalls and consumers losing trust uh, when they received the calls in general. Um, the, the labels and the, um, the spam labels and the negative labels that uh, calls were being presented with, uh, users were not sure when the calls were actually legit and when it was illegal. So branded calls were introduced as a way to convey trust uh, so that the call recipients can know and identify who is calling them. Uh, businesses, by adding branded name, logo, and call reason, uh, were able to extend their identity to the call. Uh, now, this is only helpful if the brand information is accurate. Uh, so part of the um, uh, part of the reason why uh, we are talking about branded calling here is how do you get the identity pushed, um, especially if you're making sure that the information is legal and when it is presented, uh, how, is, how, is, how are consumers receiving it and are there any uh, challenges and difference in, in how they are looking at the calls. Now, there are several solution providers offering the solution in the market today. Smart dipl- displays are essential uh, for displaying the content, especially uh, when when the uh, branded information has got logo um, and call reason in it. So for the most part, wireless devices are where we see this um, in, our, uh, in, in in real time. Uh, and today in US, uh, we have three major carriers and their respective vendors who are offering this branded calling solutions. It's typically name um, that we have seen, how it's getting implemented, but in some cases there has also been uh, name and logo and call reason that are being presented. So the experience is not uniform across the board. Um, while there are several use cases for branded calling, uh, the results and the supposed ROI of enabling branded calling is something uh, to debate. Um, so with that backdrop, Ed, how is Rocket leveraging branded calling today? And what has your experience been uh, in implementing um, branded calls for your outgoing calls? 
Yeah, so so we we started this this battle back in uh, 2020, like a, a lot of um, folks on this call, right after the Trace Act was signed. Um, we initiated what we call the Spam Virtual Team, a kind of a task force internally when we started experiencing some, um, you know, tagging of calls or, or potentially even some blocking. Um, so, uh, you know, we we vetted out the um, you know, learned about the analytics providers and, you know, ended up thinking initially that, you know, we had guns ablazing when we learned about, you know, branded calling and we were just going to do it and turn it on for, for everything and, and that's what's going to solve our problems. But, you know, we, we were uh, quick to learn that branded calling is, is like a box of chocolate. So you never know what you're going to get, right? So, um, you know, we, maybe some background on me too. I'm with Rocket Central. Um, support uh, family companies like uh, Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Money, Amrock, um, the appraisal appraisal company. Um, so, anyways, we we you know learned about it and we started to uh, we talked to the analytics providers, we talked to aggregators, and and landed on a um, let's go right direct to the analytics providers because we didn't know we didn't know there was one hand to shake, one throat to choke. Um, we were very scared about the the, um, the spam um, mitigation and then just how long you know it was really going to take to fix things once they broke because it was inevitable. When I say broke, meaning getting tagged or, or blocked. So we went down that that path and you know with a very aggressive branding mindset, but we very quickly learned um, that that's just not the you know the holy grail. Like a lot of folks think, and so we also learned that we needed to get in alignment with our our compliance team, our government affairs team, strategy and analytics, um, also, and align those folks, well, the the analytics folks with the uh, analytics providers, um, smart folks on their analytics teams to 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 better understand the impact of of branding. And you know, we we we've been down. Uh, you know, what has it been? Almost two, two, two and a half years or, or so doing the branding, and you know, um, you know, we know that it can the the uh, effectiveness of branding. Um, it can be very. It's like I said earlier. It's like a box of chocolates. You 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 really have to um, engage your your um, analytics teams and. I don't know, Anise, if there was, was anything else there. Yeah, so when you looked at uh, the solution, um, and especially with reputation management and branded calling, um, did you see any um, difference or change when you implemented reputation management only versus having reputation management and branded calling? Were you guys experimenting with that, or if so... Um, any any thoughts on what you saw? Yeah, you know, to get into any kind of the ROI stuff, I really can't comment on that. But we we did see in different markets that branding was was a, uh, a good thing, um, and then in other markets, we've seen that um, branding is is you know, was almost detrimental to to us, um, just based on the fact that you know. You have market conditions, but you know 
someone internally here said is is branding becoming stale or you know is are consumers becoming just uh, you know, very knowledgeable in that and then are, are we over marketing you know from the brand just being uh, thrown out there on, on every call so hmm. yeah it's, it's been That's interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there any differences in terms of uh, the types of calls uh, that you were using uh, were there any specific calls that had this uh, negative effect? Uh, maybe it was a sales call as opposed to be a, as, a, as against a customer support call. Or did you see any differences there? Uh, we saw differences when market conditions change, right? Um, so, I mean, that's, that's yeah. When the, when the market changed, you know, you start thinking about what are the consumers you know, are they rate shopping? You know, are they, um, you know, so they're putting in uh, their information in, in one of our lead, lead generation portals. And, you know, we're, we're calling them and, um, you know, we think they're probably rate shopping. There's, there's a lot of different uh, thoughts and mindsets on that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just fluctuated. Okay, so I mean, I, with, with Rocket's background, so mortgage rates obviously had a huge influence in the last few months, uh, of I would course. assume, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and with and I can I can totally see how um, branding when uh, with, with 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 specific logos or content um, when somebody is is not really looking to do this it could be detrimental right could be negative i can i can see that on the other hand i can also see a scenario where somebody is shopping and they are looking for this call and then it can help um, because they are looking to receive that call right yeah i mean you know we've seen it we've seen it both ways right right and uh, does uh, branded calling lift contact rates because this is a this is a constant question that we keep getting right and also uh, some of the providers the way they market branded calling it's going to solve all your problems increase contact rates um, have you seen any tangible evidence uh, in terms of uh, an increase in contact rates or even helping with um, with meeting some of the kpis that you have within the contact center Again, it kind of goes back to whatever, you know, the, the market, right, of um, interest rates being higher or lower. Um, and, and so in many of those cases, it, it has helped, you know, uh, increase the contact rate, uh, especially when you see situations where there's a, a lower interest rate, right, where, where people are looking to refinance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's proven to be a, a little more difficult, of course, as anybody would imagine with you know, interest rates hovering, you know, seven, eight percent right now. So with um, with branded calling, uh, some of the things that we have uh, seen um, with uh, and we, we recently published a case study with um, for, for one of our other clients as well. And some of those things that we they've noticed is using a strategy where maybe they don't brand all the calls um, in the first try. Right. So or they, they, they try a branded call and then maybe the next call they do a non-branded call. And in their uh, specific scenario, depending on the type of call, they have been able to see some differences. 
for example if it's a call that they are looking to where where, where they are reaching out to a customer where they already have a relationship uh, then it definitely makes sense to to brand that call because uh, the the consumer or the end, end call uh, the call recipient uh, knows who the calling party is they already have a relationship and then they see the logo or the name present and that seems to be helping them whereas in a scenario where they are making um sales or a telemarketing call uh, where they don't have any previous relationship with the with the customer um enabling a logo or a name uh does not help uh, especially if it's a if it if it's perceived as a sales or a telemarketing call so that's some of the uh, insights that we gain from mm-hmm. that particular case study so i was wondering yeah. if there was something similar uh, that you have seen on your side yeah we we've seen that if um uh and i can't get into the exact what call we make or calls we make out to a client that um it it varies um or like we we've seen like it, this isn't specific but the second call or the fourth call is more effective on a brand versus you know the first or third for example so that's where it's been real important to to work with the analytics providers um analysts to to kind of get to to that data so that you can leverage your outbound calls um to hit branding on those specific uh times that you're that you're dialing in your your client great have you seen any um uh changes in terms of call back because that's another thing that we have uh, our customers have mentioned where so the calls may not get answered uh in the first try but then because the call was presented with a name and and um, in some cases logo the customer or the call the the call recipient feels that they can call back right so they've definitely seen an increase in call backs even if they don't get first time connect or answer rate um uh, increase when calls are being made they've definitely seen an an uptake in um callbacks for for these uh, uh, for the calls that they have made um is that something that you have come across no you know what we we haven't really dug into the the callbacks and the increase there it's been mostly the focus has been on the outbound um but it's certainly something we probably should dig deeper into so and you mentioned some of the negative impact and that seems to be um uh, something that uh, that others are also faced when enabling branded calls not not all branded calls are received um in a positive way uh, when and and we've seen this especially in a sales/telemarketing um the call intents with with that kind of um uh, intent uh, that that's not that's not um sometimes it even gets tagged as spam right um when when customers receive the call they they are not they're not expecting or they do not want to receive that call those those get tagged um mm-hmm. as spam have you seen uh, some of those implications have you seen st- spam labeling um having an increase or a decrease with uh, with branded calling strategy no I, i we really haven't um you know we we obviously have reputation management on on all of our phone numbers and 
it's been pretty good. You know, every once in a while we might get something. Uh, a lot of times when we're investigating, it's it's the um, you know maybe it's a client or a partner who, who uh, one of our team members said, well, they didn't pick up because it's a spam. And most of the time, it's because they've they've got something enabled on their device, a native uh, spam detection uh, application or like call filter on Verizon device. So. Um, you know, we've been in pretty good shape for from a reputation perspective. Mm -hmm. So you're using branded calling in a, in, a, in, a, in 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 combination with reputation management, right? Is that uh, yeah? We've we've used both in 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 tandem. Yes. Yeah, because there is another. Uh, you know, we've heard this from other um, prospects and customers that sometimes they get pitched. Oh yeah, enable branded calling, and you don't need to do reputation management, which I, I don't think that's uh, that's uh, really. No, true. I would totally think that's not yeah. good practice, right? <laughs> it doesn't yeah. take long, right? And I've seen it happen. Um, we, you know, we do our best to register our phone numbers, but I've, I've seen it where it's not long, especially if you have a high volume outbound strategy. Um, they're going to tag it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've seen, uh, you know, the same same kind of behavior, um, reputation management. Um, while it seems like once you brand the calls, you don't need it, but in reality, in a high volume scenario, um, and especially when you have um, outreach to customers or prospects, in those in those cases, uh, it quickly, you know, gets uh, reputation management is needed uh, even when, when you're planning to implement branded calling solution. Yeah, just a short duration of, of spam likely can have a huge impact, right? No one's gonna pick up. You don't, That's right. I don't pick up, nobody does, so, right. Yeah, and are there any um, uh, best practices or some thoughts on um, that you can, that you would like to share uh, that can help uh, in general. Uh, how yeah. do so as a customer? How do I go about evaluating and implementing brand yeah. calling? Kind of going back to one of the original topics. Don't let branding run on autopilot, right? You have to stay on top of it and have a, a team of folks who are willing to dig in and, and roll up their sleeves to, to analyze with the um, the analytics provider analysts. Do your A/B tests or you know, branded, non-branded, and, and make sure, see what works for you and the KPIs that your, your enterprise is trying to measure against, whether it's, you know, conversion, um, talk times, um, agent productivity, that sort of thing. Um, use a dialing solution or a partner that allows you to do those, um, not brand all the time, uh, all in sort of thing. Um, yeah, don't be careful not to overbrand like we've talked about. Um, and like, I know this has been a topic in different in previous um, Tuesday talks, but or at least part of some like neighborhood spoofing. Uh, be really careful of that because uh, there are states out there that now fine for neighborhood spoofing. And uh, so just be careful of, of what phone numbers you use and might want to rethink your strategy if you're, if you're all in on a neighborhood using a local phone number for um, you know your for like for example Nashville 
using the 615, but you don't have a presence, you know, business presence in, in Nashville, it's the, the area code. So um, those, are, those are a handful of things. Yeah, so I, the neighborhood spoofing uh, is interesting. I, I I don't know if it is still effective. I mean, I to me, I mean, I don't answer um, calls from unknown numbers, even if it's if it has got the same area code. In fact, I've moved, so my area code is is uh, you know is in New Jersey, which I don't I no longer live there, but I still get calls, and I for sure know that nobody's trying to reach me from there. Is it even an effective strategy? these days with number portability and people moving around, is it even uh, helpful to do neighborhood spoofing? I, it might be for like uh, local businesses, right? Or, I mean, cause it's just, you're, you're in that vicinity, but um, I've not seen anything where it's, where it's been helpful, but that's, you know, research that maybe somebody else could, could comment on. But even so, when we did the research on it, 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 it made sense to, to even stop that, it reinforced, you know, our, our legal team's recommendation to to uh, to stop doing the the um, you know local phone numbers on our on our caller ID. So yeah, like a double whammy to you know re you know to stop it. Right. I mean that's a great point. If you don't have a local presence, then you could actually be violating certain laws and in trying to make calls with certain area codes. That's essentially what, what you're, what you're seeing, right? Yeah. Great. Now, if, uh, given the limitations of what we have with branded calling, obviously we have to work with, uh, analytics with, and their respective carriers to, to get this enabled. Um, have you, what are the challenges that you have seen in working with these providers? Uh, it could be one or it could be many. I mean, you can, as a, as a business, you can choose to work with, with all three of them, one of them, or go through an aggregator. Uh, what has your experience been in working with, uh, with the analytics? Yeah. So when we first started, we had relationships with, with all of the, the analytics providers and, and they were all really good. Um, I thought that you know, the teams that they brought to the table were very supportive. Um, it, it was not, uh, it, it's really sucked to have to keep an eye on three, right? Um, and just, you know, uh, the one hand to shake sort of thing for each one versus a overall uh, um, partner to, to help with, you know, managing your phone numbers, the, the times that it, you know, they may get marked as spam, the registration piece, um, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, that, that was, it's been a kind of a, a pain, right? Um, because it's just time consuming for, for me and our team here. So, and this isn't really my full-time job. It's, a, you know, just what I inherited and I love to do. Um, right. You know, I know we talked a little bit about metrics and not being able to get those real-time kind of after-the-fact stuff. Um, you know, we've seen it in, in the past where, um, you know, uh, regionally we've seen where caller branding may have stopped working or challenges where, you know, I'm testing a number and I'm, I'm not showing a brand locally, but in another market somewhere it is showing a brand. 
Um, so that makes me feel sometimes like, are we really reaching every device or at least as close to every device with the branded name? Mm -hmm. uh, that's been interesting. Um, and then just not that we've had it um, or we know of, of it really running rampant, but just potentially bad actors um, leveraging our phone numbers, you know, because anybody can send a phone number out, right? And, yep. and spoof any company or anyone, right? right? So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's one of the biggest challenges that we have as for the solutions as it exists today, right? You can you can enable branded calling, but then if the, those calls could there could also be others who are leveraging your branded call mm -hmm. uh, if they're spoofing. Uh, so in an ideal world, as we're coming to you know to, to, to close the session, in an ideal world, how would you like to see branded calling work? Um, you know how it works today, but what is your uh, you know aspirationally if you if you want to if you have a if you are looking for an ideal world, what you know how would it look like for you? Um, you know, it starts with the identity piece, right? Mm -hmm. Ensuring that that um, you are who you say you are as a as a enterprise or you know somebody like numerical vetting vetting you out is is uh, uh, an entity who's going to be making outbound phone calls and just really making sure you know um, when the intent is made to to make it a branded call that it, it actually reaches the end device and that you know um, it's from a trusted source. Um, you know, us as the enterprise. So I, I don't know if, if you wanted to add your perspective onto that. No, I agree. I mean, we are, uh, I mean, we are, um, we are of the same opinion as well. Identity should be um, the foundation. Uh, we should be able to verify and vet uh, legal enterprises, and legal enterprises should be able to um, send that information and to whoever they are calling and state that. You know, this is the reason we are an entity. We are legal, and here's our identity, and uh, this is the reason why we are calling. So that's aspirational for us as well, and we would really like to see this as part of the um, the communication protocol, not leveraging databases or sending this information to an entity like a vendor, analytics partner, and it it only resides there. Rather than that. Uh, enterprises should be able to originate the calls with this information, and there is there are you know there is technically it's possible there are standards out there um, that would allow us to do it today. It's just a matter of adoption. So right. we are uh, obviously you know we are a big proponent of that, and we are pushing. We are working with other partners um, in the ecosystem to get this um, implemented. But that's how we would see like to see as well. Um, having identity as a foundation and enabling enterprises to send that identity as part of the of the call itself. Right, so with three minutes to go, I am gonna look, ask if there are any questions from the audience. Uh, please post it on the chat. Uh, let's see if we have some, we did get some questions ahead of time. So I'm gonna pick one that, that you know, we covered some of those in our chat end, uh, but I also wanted to kind of highlight this question that came up. Um, 
Are there any technical challenges that you saw when enabling branded calling for Rocket? Technical challenges? Um, I think one of the, you know, when, when we jumped on board with this, we, we had a, a lot of numbers, right? Um, it's the, the testing of the numbers, right? Right. Um, you know, we have multiple devices, just like a lot of enterprises, probably people on this, this call, um, where we have to make outbound calls to those devices and really relying on, you know, what it shows up when you're making those calls. And like I mentioned before, we, we had some situations where regionally the, the branded calling uh, name wasn't showing up. So it makes it a little bit difficult when, you know, the credibility, you know, um, why isn't it everywhere? Right. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, actually that's uh, you you uh, highlighted something that we faced ourselves when we were implementing branded calling for our clients, and we wanted to see how do we test it to make sure that it is working. So we actually ended up uh, enabling um, that feature. I mean that that service. So we we had a bunch of devices and we were making calls. So we ended up actually making that as a feature into our product. So that's um, uh, I didn't realize that that's a good uh, that's a good point, Ed, and we we actually make it available for our customers to use as well. Yes. Um, Several hundred right. numbers times three providers makes a lot of phone calls. Right? That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, and having it automated totally helps. Um, so before we close, I do want to uh, highlight that the case study that I mentioned. Uh, is available uh, as a chat link uh, that Sarah has posted to everybody on, on the chat. Uh, it is also, uh, it would be available in our show notes and uh, it's also available on our website. So I would encourage anybody to who's listening to take a look at that. Uh, with that, I think um, we are coming to a close on this session. I'd like to thank all of you for joining us um, for another episode of Tuesday Talks. We'll be back live on Tuesday, October 31st with our VP of Trust Solutions, Sarah Delphi, and Dr. Brad Reeves, Associate Professor at North Carolina State University. And they would be discussing uh, Brad's uh, research into illegal call activity and their latest paper on the analysis of language captured, captured from their Honeypot audio. So don't forget to register and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks everyone. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Tuesday Talks. Our next live episode on Tuesday, October 31st, will be co-hosted by Numerical's VP of Trust Solutions, Sarah Delphi, and Dr. Bradley Reeves, Associate Professor in the Department of Computer Science at North Carolina State University and a member of the Wolfpack Security and Privacy Research Lab. Discover groundbreaking insights as our experts delve into Dr. Reeves' latest research on illegal call activity, decoding the language of Honeypot Audio to revolutionize our understanding of malicious call campaigns. So join us in our mission to promote transparency and collaboration to return trust to communications. Simply click the link to register and join us at the live show. Invite a friend and be sure to submit a question you'd like to have answered live.